0: Welcome back to the Total Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. Our special guest this week is Victoria Ming. She is the former Ms. World America 2015. I'm so excited to have my first national world title holder on the show. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm so excited to talk about her experiences Competing and about her career as a real estate agent, I know you should stay tuned. Our sponsor of the week is Mid Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you need photos or video, they are the team to get the job done. No matter if you need photos for a special event, a professional headshot, or a wedding, they are the team to get the job done. And if you have an upcoming wedding, you need a wedding videographer. If you need to shoot a commercial or if you have something special and you need a videographer to be there for you, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions is the team to get the job done. So make sure you reach out to Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production for your next photo and video project. And welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Ah, it's always a pleasure to have um, my first World um, uh, America title holder. So this is incredible. So I'm so excited um, to have you on the show. I've I mentioned in the, our pre-recording that I was so excited to have the photo on, um, representing your Facebook when you won um, Miss World America. So that was so excited that uh, that I was in a little way representing you so I I'm so fortunate to have taken that photo as well as um I thought you did such a great job representing our our country so I really um was just excited to, to have you on the show
1: Oh, well, thank you. That means a lot. And yes, that photo was taken. I want to say it was just the night before I was actually crowned. So at the moment that you took the photo, I was Miss Arizona. And mm-hmm. then the very next night I won the pageant. So it, it is very nostalgic now, especially <laughs> that it's been five years since I know that photo it's crazy, right? <laughs> yes. Time flight. I love that
0: hat. I really I always thought the hat was so cute.
1: Well, thank you. That was actually my mom's. She let me Oh, that
0: it, wasn't so. something they gave you. That was like yours? Oh. Yeah, that that's was awesome. my hat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um a question I always ask my guests. So, starting out as a little child, um are you doing um uh, cheerleading, are you in competitive sports, are you doing anything um in an or- orchestra? How did you get to the point where you were confident to be on stage and do pageants?
1: Well, it's funny because I grew up with an older brother. And so I was very much a tomboy growing up. I spent a lot of time fishing, camping, being outside, climbing trees. And half the time I was wearing hand-me-down clothes. Um, But when I wasn't acting like a tomboy and doing all sorts of outdoor activities, I was also a competitive dancer and I had always had interest in modeling and acting. I loved to just remember lines from movies and act like I was a movie star at home. And then one day I got a letter in the mail um, that was advertising for a pageant. And so I asked my mom if I could compete and her answer was no straight away but i finally wore her down i've after. heard
0: i've i've heard this is it is it um is it a generational thing because i've i've had um some of my colleagues that are closer to my age say that their parents initially said no and then i ha- i've interviewed a lot of colleagues that are 10 years younger and the parents are more on board is it a, do you think it's a generational thing or is it a cultural thing that that
1: maybe I'm not sure. I think more than anything my mom was just afraid of me becoming a diva. Oh. <laughs> and
0: um Well clearly just... you haven't you haven't become that because you're very humble. I mean it oh. comes off extremely that you're humble and you oh, work well, you, you. work you work so hard. Like um I know a lot of real estate agents and I honestly think you run around circles in them so I think a lot of them could learn from you because it always seems like you're I'm like seriously you like you're, you're bust you're you're you know you're breaking you're breaking walls so
1: well I appreciate that um but yeah when it comes to to pageantry I told my mom that I thought I could learn a lot from it and maybe just let me try it one time and So she agreed, um, and after that, I think she saw how much I grew, just my character and personality after the first pageant, and so she was totally on board thereafter.
0: Now, um, is that in conjunction with doing dance?
1: Yes. So I was a competitive dancer for many years and even continued to do dance and palm throughout high school.
0: Okay. So. so you were doing, you were doing, uh, NCAA cheerleading, um, competition. Yes. Okay, cool. So did you, so would you go to Walt Disney world and do those large competitions or was your team not at that level?
1: We were a smaller and newer school. Okay. So I think we were like among one of the first classes. Um, well, that's exciting. That it's always be, yeah.
0: it's always excited to be the first and, and the, and the best, right. You know, so you can always be remembered, right?
1: Right, right. So we were a smaller school. We didn't um, get to go to those competitions, although I would have loved to, but my heart was in pageantry at that point anyway. So I I started to really focus on pageants at that point.
0: Do you think that's a really good start for a young child or someone who wants to build their um, verbal skills as well as on stage practicing and, and staying in fitness shape?
1: Definitely. I think that there's so much to be learned from pageantry and public speaking is one of the many things that I have carried with me into my professional career that I'm so thankful for. And I credit that all to pageantry. So yes, if for nothing else, just the experience of getting yourself out of your comfort zone and having to speak to strangers constantly is so worth it.
0: So what was the original system that, um, contacted you i assume they mailed out like a a flyer or or a letter
1: yes it was national american miss was the very first pageant that i ever they uh
0: they do a huge campaign i i i really am so fascinated because you are now out of out of 57 interviews you have to be at least the 20th person that has mentioned that that that's the email, and you had this conversation with your mom. Like, so this is like an ongoing theme.
1: Yes, I can imagine. Yes, they they do all kinds of marketing, and they do it well because it works.
0: <laughs> do you think that even today that's a, a um, effective strategy for the pageant industry to continue to do that, or do you think there's other ways to connect and get that audience to initially sign up to do a pageant?
1: I think online is probably better to reach younger generations now um, just because of the fact that we have – Little girls who are between the ages of 10 and 12 who already have cell phones, Um, of course, with parental consent and, you know, getting their parents on board, I think as a first touch point, reaching the kids online would be a great way to touch base. And then, yes, of course, um, the postcards still work because especially for those younger girls who don't have phones yet, the moms will still pick up the postcards. And, you know, if they love the idea of putting their daughter in a pageant, I think it'll still work.
0: So how did you do in your first pageant? Um, Did you um, have any uh, help? Did you spend any extra money on any of the outfits or makeup? Um, And did you have any really idea of what a pageant is? Or were you just watching America and USA as a reference point?
1: Oh, goodness. No, I was, I had zero idea what I was doing. I was completely lost. And just as a personal reflection, I think I did horribly. Um, I somehow managed to place in the top 10. And that was a huge surprise to me. And it's actually funny because when I made it to the top 10, I instantly started crying and they were happy tears because I didn't think I was going to make it to the top 10. But my mom watching me from the audience thought I was sad. So I had to go backstage and gather myself quickly after the top 10 announcement and then get it together. But I was just elated to have made the top 10. And I got my dress from Dillard's. It was on sale for like $40. I didn't have a coach. And my mom and I really just practiced on our own, so I had zero experience. But I did love the entire process of competing in a pageant, and I just managed to make the top ten, I guess, because they they thought I was cute and had a great personality.
0: Well, talk about a steal forty bucks! Oh my god! Like, I mean, <laughs> I think that I think that is a that that should be a ringing endorsement that you do not need a hundred or a thousand dollar dress. And, right. Right. And no matter how you um, feel that you on, that you personally did to never be in a pageant before and be in top 10 is still an achievement. So, OK. Yeah. <laughs> OK. Yeah, that
1: was the first time I felt like I could be good at it. And so after that, I just got the itch and I, I knew I wanted to compete again.
0: Um. Is the itch because you made friends? Is the itch because, um, you did you you placed? Is the itch because you were got the opportunity to feel that stage presence and some people clap for you when they said your name, or is it? I think, or is it something the, of everything else?
1: Yeah. So I think so. Every year when you go to National American Miss, they play like the queens walk away um video and speech. I'm sure you've seen it. But mm-hmm. basically w- the first year that I competed, I remember seeing the outgoing queen and her video and how happy she was, how many friends she had, how confident she looked, and then also how many other lives she had touched because she was able to do community service. And I just remember watching that video and thinking, "Oh my goodness, that could be me. I can do this." And so, after I made top 10, I think that the itch really came from just feeling like I had a chance to be that and make a difference and be that girl for other people. I want, I always wanted to be that person who other girls could look up to. And so I think that's what, what kept me coming back. Yes, I made lots of friends and I have so many pageant friends that I still keep in touch with to this day, but more than anything, it was about the bigger purpose of being able to be that person that other girls looked up to.
0: Is it at that point where it's like, aha, like I could be an inspiration to other people then?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. Even when I was young, I knew I wanted to just make a difference and I didn't really know how or in what way, but I just knew that there was something in me that wanted to be a role model for other girls.
0: Well, I mean, you could kind of say that being a real estate agent is really giving you an opportunity to still pursue that uh, making a difference because... Um, the way that I see you promoting yourself is always trying to promote first-time home buyers. And I, I personally know, as a photographer working with real estate agents, when, uh, when you buy your first house, it really does change your life because you're motivated to get in a higher pay bracket and, and just start a family. And most people do. So it sounds like you're still pursuing that. Am I wrong or am I overshooting that whole philosophy?
1: No, you're absolutely right. That is that is exactly my mission. Even as a realtor, now I just see my mission in a different way, but it's still the overall same mission. I want to be that person that people look to and can ask for advice, or I want to be the person who's educating you know, a girl who doesn't think she even has a chance of buying a home and give her all of the tools she needs to make it happen. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not wearing a crown anymore and I don't have a title, but being a realtor still gives me the platform. And thankfully, I've made so many friends throughout pageantry who now are my clients in real estate. Um, so it's it's a different platform, but it's still the same opportunity to impact people's lives.
0: So. I assume that this is all during your teen years. Um, you said you, you started in your high school. So how many years did you do teen with, with Junior Miss?
1: So I actually competed in National American Miss. I want to say I did it twice um the second time i made top five and okay I
0: so you wow you years. yeah you see that's <laughs> awesome
1: okay see. yeah and then <laughs> right about that time i i, had I get a feel.
0: I, I i apologize for interrupt. i always do it so i just want but you know kudos you like major improvement you know every time is you know it sounds like you're very hard on yourself like you you, you strive to be the best which is a good mindset but like you improve that's awesome like
1: yeah, yeah, I did. I went home. I I tell you, after the first pageant, I was like, oh, I'm coming back, and I'm gonna do it right this time. So yeah, <laughs> the second time, I made top five, and I was happy, but I still hadn't won. Um, Fair enough. So right about that time, I started high school, and it was, I believe, it was my sophomore year that I started researching other pageants that were available. And I came across the United States system, and I decided to compete in Miss Junior Teen Arizona at the age of 14, and that was the first pageant I ever won. So that was my first experience winning. I was about 14 years old. And what a
0: great system to win because the crown is, even to this day, so epically incredible. I I always loved the United States crown.
1: Yes, it's beautiful. And that was the first time I ever went to nationals. And I was fortunate enough to place first runner up at nationals too. So I won my Arizona crown, then I went to nationals and I got first runner up and I am the fun fact, the young lady who won our division, I am still dear friends with to this day. She lives in New York City. And I just talked to her yesterday. So it was a great um, experience, and I still am friends with her for the last 11 years.
0: Well, see, those are those important contacts. It's just like uh, when you go to college um, and you have a sorority and you have that sisterhood or a frat for, for guys. So it's so important that you cultivate those and you don't let those experience um, go because they might help you financially or just as a good friendship. So that's incredible that you have that still going and kudos for you to do that
1: yeah yeah so and you know then it only ensued from there as far as my love for pageantry and everything that i thought was possible
0: now was that the last year were they still doing it in vegas because then i i believe at some point that's when they transitioned to to washington dc
1: Yes, you're correct. That was, um, I believe maybe it was one more year after that year that they did it in Vegas. Actually, no, you're right. It, it was the very next year that they moved to D.C. So, yes, I was the last year that they did it in Vegas. So,
0: that's really cool to literally, I mean, even though Arizona is really close to, to Nevada, but that's really cool to go to Las Vegas for your nationals. That's must have been really exciting.
1: Yes, it was. We had a lot of fun.
0: So, now... For the rest of your pageant sisterhood, did you stay in the America family, United States family, or did you, um, venture out?
1: So I actually, I was the person who would compete one or two times in a system. And I guess just by the grace of God, I was always fortunate enough to win. And then I would go to a different system.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, kudos to you. I mean, I mean,
1: yeah. So after I won United States, um, I, well, Arizona, United States, I uh, finished out high school. And focused on my studies because that was always really important to my family. So after my first pageant um, and giving up my title, my mom and dad were adamant about me getting into good schools. So I focused on my studies and I knew I wanted to compete in Arizona, USA, but I wasn't old enough um, to be in the Miss division. And I kind of wanted to skip over the teen division and just go straight to Miss because I just felt ready.
0: I I don't blame you. I mean, it's it's (laughs) like... uh, it's like, I'm, I'm ready to have my full license. Can I just have the, can I go to the, the, the long card and not the, you know, up and down, you know? Yes, of course. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, sometimes it's ready. You're ready to sit at the big boy table. So.
1: Right. Right. And I had been watching Miss USA and I had a, a very close friend of mine now who was Miss Arizona USA in 2009 which was uh, my freshman year of high school. And she was someone I really looked up to. And she ended up placing second runner-up at Miss USA and was the last time actually that we had ever placed in the top five. So she was a huge inspiration to me. And I just looked at her with these eyes like I wanted to be her. So by the time I got to college, I was like, okay, I'm ready to compete at Miss Arizona USA. And so when I was 18, I entered Miss Arizona USA
0: and what's that experience like did you feel like a fish out of water did you feel like your time had arrived like did the experiences that you had had beforehand prepared you for this elite system because i feel and i'll just say i feel that usa is the top so um do you feel that same way or or you don't have such a strong feeling on that
1: well, I always loved Miss uh, USA. I thought, and I watched Miss Universe. So, just like every other little girl in the United States who loves mm-hmm. pageantry, uh, I did. I-, I loved the USA system. But I- when I entered, I was the youngest girl. And actually, I had to appeal to the Miss Arizona USA system because they wanted to put me in teen. So, I had to write a letter and ask to be placed in Miss and they um, were
0: going to just arbitrarily make you compete for a system that okay <laughs> no <What>?
1: well see, <sighs> it was just advised that i oh uh, one of those it one, was, one yeah, of those I things i was urged
0: darling don't you think that you know our advice is so important you should listen to us we are <laughs> we we have so many years in it and, and success. And we only want the best for you. Wink, wink, right. wink, wink.
1: Yes. And I think Ugh. that there was, there was an underlying sense that if I had competed in teen that I probably would have won. And I just, felt Whoa, like really? Was, like
0: you felt that? Like you felt like,
1: I Oh yeah, I, I did feel that way. I felt like if I had competed in teen, I just felt more wow. than ready, you know. I so
0: I know, but that you gave up such a big, um, like, wow. Okay, I I commend you as also as well as like <laughs> I'm f- like flabbergasted that if you really felt that way because if you felt that the field was, it was you, it was yours to take and and you chose not to, you know. I, I'm I commend you. That's like you know doing the right thing. Like you know the right thing is to to give that money back, you know, if you found money on the floor, and uh, doing the right thing is giving it back to the person and to hold on to it, so. Yeah, yeah. and it
1: wasn't even so much that, it's just that I'm a very competitive person and I like a challenge. So I just felt like being in the Miss Division, being the youngest one was gonna be really hard and I was up for that. And so that was really all that it was. I was okay with being the youngest, I was okay with being the underdog, and with zero experience because I just felt like if I'm going to throw myself into this, I want to do it all the way. Um, so anyway, I, I, I honestly,
0: that's I, I, that's why you, that's why you are, uh, Miss world America because that message you just sent is so important. I love that you just said, I don't want anything given to me. I want to compete. That is so, yes, I, I,
1: Yeah. So please promote that. That, That's such a great that's such a great.
0: No, it's just like good philosophy. You know? Yeah. Life is so short. And, you know, if you get if you get everything, then you never know how how fun it is to have that to win something, you know, and tell people and tell people Mm -hmm. that, you know, you've deserved it because you earned it.
1: Right, right. And I just, I am that type of person. I like to push myself and make things really difficult <laughs> at times for myself. But um, in any case, I entered the Miss division and I worked really hard. I would stay up all night studying because I was at college during this time. So I would stay up studying and then I would wake up early and I would go work out. And I was really diligent about my wardrobe, and I made sure everything was perfect the way that I wanted it. And I felt so good about my performance. And I actually didn't tell anyone the entire time at the pageant how old I was. I didn't say anything. I just acted like normal. And my mom kept telling me just, you know, you're you're competing against girls who are in their 20s and they already are have their degrees and they have careers. You need to act their age. So I never said anything about how old I was. And um, I went the whole weekend competing. I did great. And I actually am still, to this day, the youngest person who has ever made the top five at Miss Arizona USA. You go, girl. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, that's
0: all. I mean, mean, seriously, seriously, like you, it sounds like you, you, you had the right approach. You, you put your priorities first. You wanted, you know, you're, you're putting your school first, but then you're also working really hard. And you, and you weren't playing the game that you easily could fall into where you have to like, you know, you know, that pageant game where you, you know, so it sounds like you were very motivated. It sounds like you're nice to everyone. So, I mean, that's a great approach. I mean, a lot of people could learn from that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. And um, so, yeah, I, I walked away from that pageant really proud and that year was the year that Jordan Wessel won Miss Arizona USA and she was an amazing Miss Arizona USA. She totally deserved it. And I was so happy for her. And um, actually, almost everybody in the top five that year had later gone on to become Miss Arizona USA. I think it was me and one other person who didn't. Um, but the next year, I was in my, I was actually wrapping up my sophomore year. I had just turned 19 at that point. And I was approached by my old director from Miss Arizona United States. And she asked me if I had ever considered doing Miss World. And I said, what? No, no, I'm not ready for that. And she's like, well, you know, you could just go to Miss Arizona World and then go from there and see what happens. And she showed me this video of all of the impact that the women were having with their respective titles all around the world. And they had raised something like several million dollars for charities around the world. And after I saw that video and I spoke with her, I had breakfast with her. I went home that night and I just prayed about it. And I thought, okay, am I supposed to do this? (laughs) And um, so I entered Miss Arizona World. And actually that time I was so busy with school that I didn't really think that much of it. I was excited to compete, but um, I would have been okay if I wouldn't have won, uh, which is such a weird feeling because I'd never felt like that before. I wasn't as competitive, and I, sure enough, ended up winning Miss Arizona World, and then, you know, the rest is history.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, so is it making, it goes back to your, I guess, that initial philosophy making a difference, and and helping people. So that video really sold you then. So whoever put together that video should be commended because I guess if it wasn't for that that great video, then uh, then you probably would have not been driven to, uh, to to compete in that system, am I wrong?
1: Of course, yeah, no, that, that is absolutely right. I, I have always had a passion for giving back and through pageantry, it's really ignited that in me. And so when I saw that video of beauty with a purpose and all of the different missions that the title holders around the world had done, I was just hooked and I wanted to be a part of that. So, and I love the Miss World Organization's beauty with a purpose mantra. I think it just takes pageantry to the next level.
0: I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week. Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. Okay. So you've won Arizona world and this is the first year that the United States had this partnership and, uh, which is really cool. So you get to have this kind of like sisterhood with the United States. Um, Mm -hmm. did you feel a lot of pressure because you, um, whoever would, uh, win would also represent two systems for a little bit. Um, and Um, what was your overall, I, I personally, whoever designed the sashes for that particular year for the world America system, the, the sashes are off the, are just incredible. And the, (laughs) the, the low, the state level crown is great, but you mean your, your national crown, ah, it's phenomenal. I hope you, uh, I hope you, um, pull it out or you have it on display because it's so beautiful
1: you and it is it is just so eye-catching and it in a little curio cabinet that I have on display but um yeah I I had a great time at Miss World America and it was just the most magical experience
0: is it how how do you describe representing an entire country like do you go in um understanding that you represent a state and i mean most most people don't even win a state competition if they're patching You know, they do it for fun and you're sitting there with a state title and then you win uh you win a a national title um is there any difference in that do you feel more pressure or or initiative to speak out on certain issues or to to, um, show America in a good light? Do you feel pressure? You always have to say the right thing and do the right thing. Um, Um, how did that year unfold for you?
1: Well, with regard to the pressure, I kind of knew that that was going to be the case. So I was prepared for it. Um, Thankfully, I had such a great support system back in Arizona. I had so many people who were cheering for me, so I never felt that pressure going into nationals. In fact, I was very calm and I was feeling really ready, but as soon as I did win Miss World America, there was quickly a change in my entire life. And there was pressure right away. I remember as soon as I won, I did my very first interview still on the stage. And then they ushered me off the stage into a limo. I got in a limo. I went straight up with my own security detail through the hotel. I had um, my passport verified. I had my bags packed and and a first class ticket booked the very next morning for my next appearance. And so... It was drastic. My life went from this little college girl who just wanted to compete in pageants and make a difference to now I have this national platform and I'm headed for Miss World. So it was a very fast shock to me, but I knew that I had my country behind me and that kept me humble and kept me going. Even when things did get hard, when it was tough to be away from family, when I was under 20 years old traveling the world. It was a lot, but those um, core values that I had and the support system I had made it all worth it and much easier for me.
0: Do you feel that you would have the same amount of stress that you'd had even if you won Unite, um, Miss Universe? Do you feel that that those titles are equal because of the pressure they put on because I, the world title is usually ranked higher than universe. Um, So for you to have one of the titles competing for world, um, did you feel that type of pressure? Um, And I guess when you say appearances, were you doing appearances from a state level? Were you flying state to state? Or were you now asked to do things to represent, like were you going to more national functions and going abroad
1: in the beginning of my reign we did everything we could to give me a statewide presence throughout the usa so i did a whole tour around the united states and it wasn't until after miss world that i was requested for other more international events um which i was always open to but uh yeah i i I never felt pressure with regard to one title going for Miss World and then another girl going for Miss Universe. I actually was crowned the same year that Olivia Jordan won Miss USA, and she was a former Miss World competitor, too. So that was really nice, and I I had the opportunity to actually meet her the night she won Miss USA, and she was so sweet, and she actually gave me advice for Miss World. So I never felt that pressure. I was really happy for her. And I knew that we had two totally separate missions and brands associated with each pageant. So I never felt that kind of competition or pressure between her or I.
0: Okay. So uh, the big question is, what's that experience competing for a world title? Um, Going into that, like, were you... Um, excited or cautious that, like, you're going to meet people that do not speak English and may not automatically accept you for who you are?
1: No, and- I never felt that way. <laughs> yeah, I have always loved traveling. So, As soon as I knew I was going to China to compete at Miss World, I started researching things about China. I tried to learn a few words, which Mandarin is very hard to learn, but I learned a few things, um, like at least saying hi and bye and thank you. Um, And so I was never really nervous about the culture shock or meeting the girls or anything. In fact, I was really enthralled and just excited to meet everybody. And learn about everybody's different cultures.
0: Did uh, was China like previous to winning your title? Was that even in your mindset that I wanted to visit China one day, or was China somewhere that you've always wanted to go and just just was such a exciting point you are going to get get to visit as well as uh, compete in that country?
1: Yes. To both. Um, okay. I I had always wanted to travel to Asia in general, so I didn't really have a specific place I really needed to go. But that was my third international trip, was my Miss World trip. And it was incredible. And I wouldn't have changed a thing because the Asian Uh, countries are so pageant focused that it was amazing being in China as a title holder we were treated like celebrities it was so different than it is even here in the USA you know we look at Miss USA and we're like oh that's awesome Miss USA and you know they're celebrities to some extent but nothing like in Asia when you compete in Asia they are like it's basically like being Kim Kardashian. You're just so famous there and it was a very cool experience aside from the actual culture and the food and everything else that we had the opportunity to see and do while we were there.
0: Um did you try their um their fast food joint called Joy Joy? Joy I believe it's called?
1: No, I no. didn't. Okay. Uh-uh.
0: I, I've heard some, like, incredible things. They have, like, this incredible fried chicken, and it's, like, their, Mc, their, it's their McDonald's. Uh, I suppose it's McDonald's. incredible. Um wow. So you made a point to say that you're feeling that your celebrity level was, like, Kim Kardashian. So were you also concerned? Did you feel overwhelmed having a ton of security? Was that something that you we were, like, you know, like... Uh, like, did you feel that was ridiculous, or did you feel that you definitely needed that?
1: I think the Miss World organization does a great job of prioritizing their contestants' security and safety and well being in general. So I always felt safe. And I think because of the fact that we had security details and that everything was very well organized and planned. I felt like I could let my hair down a little bit more and not be as worried because I knew that we were being protected. So if anything, I was really grateful for that.
0: Well, that's awesome that you felt that life was normal then. Um, I, I have had colleagues tell me that they sometimes feel like they're in a bubble if um, they're out to a place and they don't have a detail with them. So it's great that you still felt that you were able to be yourself and be able to really um, feel normal in such a um, bubble environment. So that that's pretty yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, it was great.
0: Did you I mean, were you looking forward to being a celebrity? Do you did you like the idea that you were being represented like a celebrity? Or do, do you like the way that pageantry is represented in the United States where it's a pseudo, you know, like it's a pseudo um, celebrity, you know, you, you are a celebrity, but you also can go grocery shopping and people aren't going to swarm you.
1: So I, that answer is kind of twofold. I think that all of us would be lying if we didn't say that in some way we do want to know what it feels like to be a celebrity, at least for a day. So I got to experience that and it was awesome. But I will say that having people take pictures of you in the elevator while you're not looking is a weird feeling that I never... Wow, that's so or, creepy.
0: Ugh.
1: Right? It's it's different. And so we would have people taking photos of us while we were eating, while we were in the elevator. Like You would be so shocked at the amount of ugly faces that you make throughout the day if you knew that people were taking pictures of you. Um, so it was cool for many reasons, but... I also got home and I was so thankful to just throw my hair in a bun and not wear makeup and just be myself. So while I loved the experience while we were there, I do very much love my life and I enjoy being a normal human that can go grocery shopping. And I give it up to all the celebrities here in the USA who are constantly bombarded because I honestly don't know if I could handle that all the time.
0: So you're not necessarily someone that would want to be in full makeup all the time and and deal with that that's not your cup of tea then.
1: oh no i'm talking to you right now in a tie-dye t-shirt with no makeup on
0: (laughs) well see it's one of the things i personally like about the way i do my podcast because i don't think it's necessarily to your voice and your mission can easily be um accomplished by not we don't need a video i think that by hearing your voice and hearing your mission is is good enough. That's why, you know, when, when you initially said to me, are we going to do video? I'm like, no, of course not. You can just, you know, if you want to do it in your jammies, you can do it in your jammies. So it's all. <laughs> yeah,
1: so. I like to keep it real around here. Oh, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> you know, I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week. Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. I, I, again, I just want to say I really do appreciate you representing our country, um, so e- elegantly. I know the pressures that, as you said, and just working with other pageant title holders. I know the pressures being a state title holder. So, um, I really appreciate you, um, uh, making us look good because I know a lot of countries look weird upon America. They, you know, so I appreciate you giving us that good, positive outlook and, uh, and doing your hardest to, to make America look good. So I really appreciate that. So,
1: well, it was truly an honor. Yeah. So thank you.
0: Well, um, all good things come to an end. So your, your, year uh, of reign came to an end. Now, before we move on to your new career, was there anything really cool being, um, the national representative and, Um, Did you do, did you have an appearance or, or something that was just so cool that, that you want to tell people about?
1: Sure. I have many memorable events from that year, but one that sticks out to me is, so all of my, my volunteer work was based on solving hunger in America and bringing to light The fact that even though we're a very rich country, we have a lot of people who live in poverty and can't afford meals. So a lot of my work was based in um, food pantries and homeless shelters and schools giving back to underprivileged children. And my favorite event was going to a school in one of the projects in Boston. And I was dressed in my regular, um, you know, pageant attire, which is a dress and heels and crown and sash and full makeup. And I showed up to this event and I just saw these kids and they were the most vibrant, sweet, amazing kids. And so I just took the time to give the whole classroom a speech and talk to them about their dreams. And I got to hear what they want to be when they grow up. And that was really special for me because I love children And I just, you know, remember looking at their faces and thinking these, these little kids could do anything. They could be anything. And I just want them to know that. And then at the end of the day, we, um, did like a big group hug. This was of course, before COVID. And, uh, so all the kids came and like ran and gave me a big hug. And that was probably the most special moment of my whole reign was just seeing all these little kids and how fired up they were about going to school and what they wanted to be. And. It was
0: really fun. I mean, I love that your one of your best moments is not like meeting a celebrity or doing something cool. Your your biggest thing that you're so proud of is is going to under um, underserved children and helping them. I, it just shows how humble and how caring you are. So, that's pretty awesome. And uh, yeah. I really commend you for that.
1: Oh, yes, I'm here. Okay.
0: <laughs> um so I I I really want to talk about your new your new path which is being a real estate agent in Arizona and if you guys live in Arizona you have to reach out to her because I know she's going to crush it especially if you're a first time home buyer and uh well I mean I could blab about you but why don't you give them a little tidbit about yourself
1: Sure So I am a residential realtor And I serve all of the Metropolitan, Phoenix, Scottsdale, even West Valley area. Uh, I absolutely love my job and being able to educate the public, as you mentioned, specifically first-time homebuyers on the home buying process. I like giving people tools about their own personal finances and helping them invest in real estate. And then also just the ins and outs of real estate, the back and forth grind of negotiating and seeing beautiful homes all day. It is truly a dream job. I love it.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I I've had the privilege of working with a lot of real estate agents as a photographer and doing real estate photography and, um, people don't realize how many beautiful houses are out there and how many houses are really affordable when you're, you know, when you're spending all that money for rent and you could easily afford a house that is, gives you like, a backyard and and allows you to maybe have a dog and have a family it's it's pretty incredible especially in arizona where i was watching your video where you could get like a really nice house for 300 which is incredible because 300 is pretty achievable if you have just a decent job so
1: yes of course and arizona real estate is known nationwide for being one of the more affordable places to live yet it's not so far off the map that you're in this remote area um we have everything that anyone could ever want except for a beach but we're close enough to one and uh, we have great weather year-round so if you're ever you know in the area we'd i'd love to meet you um but yeah i love i love living here and and serving arizona
0: so for the first time home buyers is freddie and um is Freddie still the go-to lender that you would recommend, or are there are there there <clears throat> are they still not in good standing?
1: Um. So Freddie, are you talking about like Freddie Mac? Yes. Yeah. Freddie. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Those are the main. Um. Those are actually low loan programs. But okay, lender, they're the loan
0: programs. Okay, gotcha.
1: Yes. Yeah. So. Um, and they're very common. I actually have an FHA loan on the house that I own right now. So yes, to answer your question, they're a great programs, especially for first-time home buyers because they allow buyers to put minimal money down and get into a house that's affordable and still something really nice. And we just raised the rates so um I mean not the interest rates but the threshold for purchasing. So now you can purchase up to three hundred and sixty five thousand dollars worth of real estate. Um that's, that's a time.
0: lot of money for Arizona, right? I mean it how, is yeah. How, you how, can
1: get a really nice house for that is that
0: like a two is that like a Two bed, two bedroom, two bath house. Is that the best way to describe it? Is that like three thousand square feet?
1: Uh, not three thousand. Quite. It would probably be like a three bedroom. Oh, it is three
0: oh that's three bedrooms for that price. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. I have a listing right now that's listed for three hundred. That's a four bedroom, and it's about eighteen hundred square feet. Okay, and
0: but how many bathrooms? Two. Okay, that's not yeah. bad, right?
1: No. Yeah, no, it's not. It's a really great starter home. So I mean, it's perfect if you're like a first-time home buyer and you don't have kids, or maybe you have just one kid, or even two. I guess could fit. So in there's. A house like that.
0: I assume so, there's a master with two with three bedrooms, and then you could one of the bedrooms could be an office. So yeah, that's a lot. I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, you get a lot for your money out here, which is really nice. And everybody has pools. So this house I I'm selling is three hundred thousand with a pool, four bedroom, two bath. Now and it's really pretty. I,
0: I've been noticing in your video. Is it just y- the houses that you're particularly fond of that have the artificial um, turf in the back, or is that the style that you go after? Because I've seen that a lot. Because I was like, I'm like, or is that just a trend in Arizona, and particularly with new houses that you put the turf in the back?
1: I think it's that one. Yes. Okay. Because uh, water. Well, first of all, we live in the desert in Arizona, so right, right, a right, right. water is scarce and it's expensive. So, um, and it's so hot that the grass out here dies so easily and is very sensitive to the sun. So we're seeing a shift with landscaping to go more of an efficient route. And that would be the turf. So a lot of homeowners have turf. I have turf in my backyard and they're getting pretty good. They look really real and it's low maintenance and it never dies.
0: <laughs> oh, um, I, I know that it looks real. If, if you just watch football or baseball, the Arizona um, Diamondbacks just put it in, in their stadium. So it looks pretty, pretty damn real. Yeah. Uh, it looks does great. it, does it, is it? I guess comfortable to walk on in direct sunlight um, because Arizona gets so hot or is, or it's recommended that you have something on your feet.
1: It yeah, you definitely can't walk on it barefoot. It gets hot. I mean, okay. I wouldn't recommend recommend walking anywhere outside in <laughs> Arizona in the summer. Fair,
0: fair n- enough, Paul. Hot. You know, it's Arizona. You shouldn't <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, you know. Yeah. Smack, you know, bad bad question, Paul. Um <laughs> so um I guess are, are the particular is an Arizona style. Most of the houses are ranchers or, or is that not the right word meaning one single, single, single floor uh, houses?
1: That is definitely just based on my experience, particularly after this year. Um, Because of COVID, we've seen so many changes in what people want out of their houses because we're spending more time in them. Um, So a lot of my clients are looking for one-story homes that are more ranch-style with bigger backyards. And you can easily find those here. We do still have the metropolitan area, even Scottsdale that have the high rises and you can definitely get that like city vibe or you can live in a really nice townhouse with, you know, multiple stories. But I think that especially after this year, families are looking for more space and not wanting to go up and down stairs a ton.
0: (laughs) So if someone is living in a surrounding state or living specifically in Arizona, what's an ideal customer that you can suit the best? Um, are you best suited for someone who is on the preposent of getting married and having a family or, or you, um, you can handle that, um, that single man or single woman that is out and about and they may want like a, like a, like a party palace, kind of like a, a, I guess a condo unit, I guess, or, or a flat.
1: So because the Phoenix metropolitan area is so spread out, and it, there's you drive everywhere, it's not like a major city. It is really easy to service everybody, okay. and I definitely take pride in being able to list a million dollar house, which I've done, and also wow, that's awesome. cater to first time home buyers. So, I you know, for I'm here for anybody. If you're a 55 plus resident who's looking for a retirement community, I can help you. If you're a first time home buyer, I can help you. If you're a seasoned investor, who knows what they want to net year over year um, in profit, I can help you. Um, So there's not really, you know, it used to be where you would have like a niche that you would serve. And for me, I'm I'm the type of realtor who wants to be able to help everybody. And I think it's important that I mention that too, because we as realtors are legally supposed to be uh, representing everybody. It's fair housing laws. So um, any realtor that has like a specific niche that could be great, but um, I serve everybody.
0: No, I, I understand that. But like, um, uh, I- some pitchers have a specialty, you know they can throw a curveball or or a fastball or change or a change up you know so it, it it's good that you are knowledgeable on so many areas uh is arizona um very affluent when it comes to the retirement community or is it more affluent for the 40 the family or to the single forty forty 40 demographic
1: i would say as time has gone on, we're getting a lot more um, of the younger, um, more affluent millennial uh, community, but we do still have heavy influence. You know, when people retire, they either go to Florida or they go to Arizona. Gotcha. So we do still have a lot of retirement communities here. And a lot of those folks do have um, what generational wealth or their own wealth that they've built. But we're also seeing as we get more tech companies here, especially, that we are getting newer, more um, affluent, younger families here. So it's a good mix for sure.
0: So you specifically brought up investing. Uh, I'm always mm-hmm. curious about that. I, um, I've i done very well with my investing, so I have some capital money to invest. So for my mm-hmm. friends that have have the same situation – what's the what's the um market like that so to buy a house in cash or for a small amount um and pay for it, the rest of it in cash and have and then and then have renters um either either being owned be owning it in state or owning it out of the state and then having someone manage it what's what's the current market like that are you in Are you in that? Can you speak knowledgeable on that behalf?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. I think it really depends on what, as an investor, what your end strategy would be. Like, do you want to have long-term rental properties and be willing to handle tenants? Or are you more someone that wants to get in, fix it up? and make and flip quick it. money and then move on to the next project. So it's really about your intention. Um, I'm the type of person that doesn't particularly like to handle property management um, as an investor or be a landlord for tenants. Um, my parents did that I, when I was a kid. They had several rental properties and I saw houses get destroyed, unfortunately, by tenants. So um, they were really big into fix and flips, which is now what myself and my husband do too. Um, or we buy homes that are new builds, live in them for a little bit and then flip them after a few years. And that's what we plan to do with, with the house that we're in. So it really just depends. And there is a market for both here in Arizona. Um, but that's the first question I ask is like, what's your intention with the property? Cause that makes a huge difference.
0: Is the buy and flip market predominantly better or holding it, um, for investment, renting it out, and then flipping it in twenty years, what what's the what's what's your honest opinion on Arizona right now? Is are both basically even, even, or is one doing better than the other?
1: I would say right now, if you have property in Arizona, the thing to do is sell it. Um, okay, we're in such a strong seller's market right now. I'm actually working with several uh, sellers who had tenants in properties and now they see how high the market is and they're selling. So they've had to let their tenants know that they wanna sell the house and tenants are moving out. So um, yeah, if I had investment properties right now, I would be selling them. It's a great time to to do the, that sort of transaction as opposed to holding.
0: And in the surrounding area that you're in, um, are there any um, government bases? Is there an Air Force base, Naval base? Um, well, of course it's not Naval base. Duh. um <laughs> um um yes yeah, we uh, have- but, uh, i'm scenario. sorry so yeah i was yeah so yes so that because that for someone who wants to have rentals um uh, government employees are always really good people to go after is what i'm trying to seek at. so
1: yeah. And a same thing with uh, universities. I would say like if you, if you do want to have tenants in your house, um, maybe buy a house that's one relatively close to a university because the, those you can always guarantee are going to get rented out. That's always a safe bet. But yeah, also by the, by the Air Force base, we have Luke Air Force base, actually about 15 minutes away from where I live. Okay. And that's a great great area to have a, a rental property as well.
0: And it, is that base doing well? Have they gotten in influence? I don't know that much about that base. So is that base uh, tend to have influx of new recruits on a regular basis? Uh
1: you know, I couldn't tell you that. I'm not I'm not too sure about gotcha. that specifically, but yeah, I mean they they're constantly flying over, so now <laughs> like they're doing things in there. They keep on shaking
0: my house, Paul. So they
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um, I'm really excited for you. It sounds like you're going to have a phenomenal career uh, as a real estate agent. And um, as I already mentioned, I I was so excited to have that photo. And, and I'm so excited that I was finally able to have you on my show. And I really appreciate you taking your time. I, I asked you for an hour of your time, and I don't want to hold you any longer. So Thank you well, so much. You. Yeah.
1: I appreciate this so much and I can't wait to, to hopefully work for, with oh, you again. Oh, yes.
0: I mean, yeah, I, um, COVID is definitely um, – I, I would have said before that that I definitely enjoy being an introvert, but I will definitely appreciate wanting to be outside the house as soon as there's a vaccine in my arm. So I, I really <laughs> pray that you get your vaccine shot very soon. Um, and I, um, and when I'm out there, Arizona, I, I would really I love to work to with you. Know. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, let me know.
0: Victoria. Thank you so much. It's always so excited for me to interview incredible, outstanding human beings like yourself. You've achieved so much in such a short amount of time. Your knowledge is so beneficial for other people that want to achieve the same goals that you have. I commend you. I know that you're working hard and you're going to be an incredible real estate agent. And I hope people reach out to you that heard this podcast. So make sure you tell her that you heard it from the Total Focus podcast. Now, don't forget, as always, to make sure you wash your hands And keep six feet apart. Make sure you get your vaccine shot, guys. The vaccine is out. Make sure you get your vaccine shot. And I also want to remind everyone, we have our two channels. We have the Total Focus podcast. And we also have our movie review show with my co-host, Yvonne Carlos, called The Movie Breakdown. So I really would appreciate your support and helping us grow both our channels. And I always love you guys. I appreciate your thumbs up your comments, everything. And as always, please stay tuned.